BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. As we say hi, midweek, Wednesday, I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, the dangerous duo. So here's what we can hope for. Somebody got Amal Shaw, a Kit Kat, a Milky Way, a thousand grand, a candy bar. Yesterday, he stayed awake for all three hours, alert at the end of the show, so hopefully he got some chocolate. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, struggling today, a musky stench permeating the studios there at the South Point, and no internet. Shake yourself, big guy. Pull yourself together, all right? You're going to be fine. How we doing, fellas? Doing well. Not quite as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers, but I'll tell you what, uh, we've got a full-on sauna going in here, Patrick. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't generally complain about the heat. We are somewhere probably between 94 and 96 degrees in this studio right now. It, I know I complain a lot, so it's hard to take yes. it serious when I do. That's facts. But, like, if I hadn't just shaved my chest, I would go shirtless. But I look like a 12-year-old, maybe girl, actually. Hey, Wander Franco, chest. calm down, okay? <laughs> well, the, the issue that I think most listeners and viewers would have is generally Amal is complaining about it being cold. Yeah, correct. Now correct. you both are complaining about it being hot, so yep. we can't find a happy medium. That's I, I, the issue, boys. For the record, I'm not complaining. I just wanted to lodge that on Dustin's behalf so he wouldn't get stuck with it. But So Patrick's <laughs> the wrong person to talk about this with. So Amal, what do you keep your thermostat hat in your house? Uh, during the day? When uh, you're there. When you're there. When I'm there, about 72, uh, 73. I keep it at about 68, 69. Patrick, what do you keep your thermostat at? 74, 75, if I had a choice. I like it toasty. I don't know why that is. I do like it. it when you talk about thermostat temp, it's a very personal conversation. <laughs> people get people get really sensitive when having that conversation. But I generally like to keep it toasty and live it in the desert, as you two do. Speaking of the desert, we're going to go over UNLV and Odom today. We've got a theme, and our theme today for our our four uh, college programs, coaches that took a step back. We're going to go Georgia Southern, UNLV, FAU, and Tulsa. So we will talk about UNLV. I want you guys to think about this as well. Like, what should the expectations be for UNLV football and basketball? Because I do want to have that greater conversation. Also, a little birdie told me before the show started, it's a big day for the two of you. I take a glance at the awards market over at (laughs) DraftKings. You take a look at the NL Cy Young right now. Gallon plus 175. Blake Snell, 3-1. to Here comes Snell. He's sub three as far as his ERA, and they got a huge matchup in San Diego tonight. Kramer and Snell, Baltimore, San Diego. Snell, a big favorite over at DraftKings, $1.85. But I believe you two can fill me in. I believe you two have Snell in the futures market as far as the Cy Young. Yeah, Dustin got him at 40 to 1. I got him at 35 to 1. We were just kind of talking, and at that point in time, Snell had six or seven straight starts of. You know, just dominant performances, Patrick. I think he had given up two earned runs over that seven-game uh, stretch. 
and continues to pitch extremely well. But it's also been a benefit of the fact that guys like Strider uh, and other pitchers have kind of dropped off a little bit, Spencer Strider being the biggest one. And Dustin kind of researched it, and you looked at guys who had ERAs over three, and I think there were only a couple of guys you came up with over 30 years, Dustin. Yeah, and, and most of them that won with an ERA over three that won a Cy Young Award, everyone else that was an option that year also that got votes also had an ERA in the threes, except for maybe one or two where they just had dominant, where Clemens won like 20 games and had an ERA over three, and then there might have been one other person. But it was very rare that someone with a three ERA won the Cy Young Award without someone being sub three as an option. So he's definitely sub three. The wins aren't there, but that doesn't matter anymore. Strikeouts are there. So strikeouts are there. He started off, what's weird about Snell, and correct me if I'm wrong, boys, because you're more up on this, but he started off slowly this year. Yes, he did. And then just, and he, he's been a bit of a roller coaster, but really good for a disappointing team. Where is he right now? Close to 2-5? Well, yeah, and he he's the wrong guy that you want to have a ticket on at this point because he walks a lot of batters, Patrick. Every game, there's two on, two out, and you're just praying a bloop doesn't fall in to mess with the ERA. He is constantly putting people on base, working himself into and out of jams. So far, he's been good, but I have a lot of concerns tonight because the Orioles are just a powerful offense. This this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, The Padres, by the way, they look like they're already 1-2-3 Cancun. Schedule. Schedule, big time schedule leaks coming up. Hey, hold Soft on a schedule. If they we call get Sharman on the back end. <laughs> if we get to the Houston Texas scenario, the Rangers have the 14th hardest schedule. The Houston Astros have the 27th hardest schedule remaining. So I just want to point that out. I got to defend myself a little bit. And I have mentioned the Padres schedule all year long. It doesn't make a difference when you've got a Triple A team. Xander Bogarts can't hit. It seems like nobody was disappointed when Fernando Tatis got deked by Julio Rodriguez on the home run. I just think this team is in complete disarray the Dodgers started tearing it down and I know you have a great August stat for us the Dodgers started tearing it down they lost their shortstop before the season started everybody we brought on and I'm not naming names but every major league baseball prognosticator we brought on this dumb show came on and said the Padres are lit this year the Padres are not only going to win the NL pennant they're going to win the West and they're doing pretty well they're 16 behind the Dodgers who as I said stripped it lost their shortstop everybody expected the Dodgers to fall back this year if you sleep on the Dodgers in the regular season do at your own peril they're 72 and 46 if you need them how about San Diego promising year they are 57 and 63 that is, and, and remember, I came back from vacation and I said, I've got four teams, two positive, two negatives. I'm going to go ahead and replace the Yankees. The rank, Yankees are just basic. They're mid, they're terrible. We understand that they're not going to make the postseason, but I'm going to replace them at this point with the San Diego Padres as far as biggest disappointment. I mean, this is a disaster right now. What they did in the offseason and what the expectations were and what the performance equals is there's some cognitive dissonance there. So, but Patrick, while you were gone, you didn't get to see the panic Amal and I had because of everything you said, the Padres being a disaster. We were terrified our tickets were going to die because he was going to get traded to the American League. (laughs) (laughs) That's valid. By by the way, Congressman Maher, I know that was a direct shot at me, and you're not wrong in that. No, 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 hold on. I'm going to defend myself here because the season's not over, even though they're six games below 500 with 42 games remaining. I thought the Dodgers would win the division. I thought the Padres would come out of the National League to get to the World Series. So not officially eliminated there yet, but you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought this Padres team would have a great year. Musgrove and uh, Snell have pitched very, very well since June, but the problem has been the offense. Andrew Bogart's got off to a fast start. Juan Soto has not really performed well. Even though he's had a better second half of the season, he hasn't been great. Manny Machado, to me, is a player that could potentially carry a team for a couple of weeks at a time. Hasn't overwhelmed in any positive way. There's a lot of big, bloated contracts on this team. Jake Cronworth has been terrible. Uh, a lot of guys who haven't delivered on this team. No, and I promise it wasn't a shot. No, no, no. I, I, don't think he, I don't think he'd carry. He's a teammate at DraftKings, but Carabas came on, who's a big baseball guy, respected. He came on. He loved the Padres. We had guest after guest, and there was no reason, by the way, there's no reason for Amal Carabas or whoever not to like the Padres. I, I'm sure I was jocking the Padres as well. They're absolutely loaded. Uh, the manager, they've just completely disappointed this year, and it's fascinating that we're talking baseball on an August 16th to start because America's pastime 
time is just that in today's day because everybody looks past baseball at this point and just looks to football, right? I mean, it's just like the idea that we're talking about it is because there's bets to win. Good job by you last night with the Astros coming back. That fish team, the Marlins would not go away, but the big guy gave me the Astros, which I do appreciate. But there's bets, there's money to be won, and there's awards still yet to be decided here. Yeah, I got to tell you, though, since the trade deadline, it is – it was a rough June and July for, I know, a lot of people, myself included. Since the trade deadline, it's been really hard to pick the winners. I swore Houston was going to win the last two games against Miami. They lost both. Guess what I'm doing today? I'm betting Houston again. If they get swept by the Marlins, I might stop betting baseball for the rest of the season. Bad boy. Uh, by the way, speaking of good bets to make, the Los Angeles Dodgers in August, guys. 56 and 13, 13 and 1 this month. In 2021, they were 21 and 6. In 22, they were 22 and 6. And so far this year, thir- uh, 13 and 1, as I alluded to. An 81 win percentage. By the way, if you kind of played that out over 162 games, they'd win 130 games. Is that good? Yeah, I think it's bad. good. Yeah. It's good. And you take a look. Let's look at the market just for the World Series here. So. The Braves are plus 330, obviously your favorites. Um, the Dodgers are four and a quarter, plus 425. How about the Rangers and Astros, both tied at seven and a half to one in the same division, and then the Rays, nine to one. It's just two minutes left in the segment. The Wander Franco conversation needs to be had. I have no clue what's happening off the field. I just know it looks like he's not going to be playing. That is the cog. That's their best player. That's a big issue for a Rays team that started as hot as is any team we've seen in a long time. And, and McClanahan is going to have Tommy John surgery. Dunzo. Yeah. yeah, he's done. And for people that aren't aware of the Wander Franco situation right now, the team has put him on the uh, non-baseball injury list, and he won't be paid, generally speaking, during that time. Uh, there's accusations that he had a relationship with a minor. Uh, so he's got bigger problems than worrying about the Baltimore Orioles at this point in time. But when you look in the American League, guys, there is an argument to be made for the Orioles at 10-1. to 1. There's an argument to be made for a bunch of teams. Uh, I get the Braves and Dodgers right now seem to be the head of the class in baseball, especially in the National League, but couldn't we make the argument? Even the Twinkies are slowly starting to play decent baseball. Nobody's talking. We, I don't think we've talked about the American League Central before this until the season started. And there's been for good reason. Yeah, the Twinkies, yeah. as you mentioned, have kind of crept up. They're 19 to 1. The Phillies are 17 to, uh, 17 to 1. You see that chasm, as you mentioned, after Baltimore. Baltimore's creeped up to 9 to 1. They're tied with the Rays. But after that six-team stretch, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Astros, the Rays, and Orioles, you do see that chasm, big guy. So you get then to the Phillies at 17-1. to Yeah, I can't quit the Rangers at 9-1 to still. Uh, I think I have them about 850. Uh, also, the Blue Jays, I, I still think they set up well for the postseason. I know there's concerns about pitching. And I did take a flyer this week on the Mariners at 33-1. to If they can squeeze into the postseason, I think they have the right blend of players. They have enough young arms. They could be an interesting team to mess up a higher seed in the playoffs. I, I love his right. Mariners call. This team is very much alive. A game behind the Blue Jays right there in the wild card. They're dangerous. Yeah, they've just been kind of lying in the weeds all yeah. year. That's what's great about 162, fellas. <laughs> all right, Ralph Russo, Associated Press College Football, Jason Moore, Fantasy Footballers, Brock Vereen, Big Ten Network, and Scott Spritzer. We're just getting started. Sharp Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. Oracle.com strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats, power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. You can sign up for $199 through the Super Bowl or give it a try for a month for as low as $19. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe for all your options become part of the Sports Betting Network. Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Excited to talk to Ralph Russo, Associated Press National College Football Writer, at Ralph D. Russo AP on Twitter. And thanks, Ralph. Nice to speak with you. Um, this is random, but we're going to start here. I, I think you're in New York City properly. What is your expectations from afar for UNLV's football program? Barry Odom, year one. But just the national perspective on what you expect UNLV to be. Well, you know, it felt like UNLV was making baby step progress, right, under the last administration, their last regime. And right. when you have a new, when you have a changeover at athletic director, I think having a changeover at coach is not shocking. Uh, I think that the patience becomes a little thinner when it's not when when your boss is not the person who hired you. Listen, I think there's always been this feeling that, like, shouldn't UNLV be better at football? But at a certain point, it's been like, like, I'm 53 years old. You know, it's been 35 years of me asking, shouldn't UNLV be better at football? And especially over the last 10 or, you know, 10 years or so, maybe 15, 20 years, as the football in the state of Nevada gets so much better, right? Like, you see... You know, obviously Bishop Gorman's the one that stands out, but you see these pro- these power these programs pumping out some pretty good players. So why aren't they staying home? Now I understand you have the new stadium, and maybe that takes some time to get some momentum. But I would put it to you this way: I frame it this way. As all this stuff has been going on with the Pac-12 and out, what's going on with football out west and realignment, the fact that Las Vegas. The, the the university in Las Vegas hasn't gotten more traction while there's so much spinning around out there, and, and all, yet all these conferences are dying to get, play their events in Las Vegas. I, I think it's got to be a little disconcerting about, like, why can't they have traction out there? It seems like it should be better, uh, but I'm a little too far away from it to come up with answers as to why. But, again, there just seems like the, the path is there, Better players in state, some good facilities, and a nice big stadium. Like now is the time to fly, right? Ralph, I couldn't agree with you more. In, in terms of this is a great opportunity for UNLV. You're a college football AP poll voter. Explain to us how, in the preseason, you arrive at your rankings and how you kind of stack the 25 teams. Okay, so unfortunately, I got I got to correct that. We at the AP, we don't vote. Okay, sorry. But we do pick. No, 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 no problem, no problem at all, because it's some common misconception that definitely fills up my Twitter mentions. Um, <laughs> we don't vote. I don't get a vote. We pick the voters, 
and we count them up. So, but, but listen, having done this for you know, almost 20 years, definitely talked to a lot of voters, and what I can tell you is, uh, and even when I sort of do my unofficial rankings, right, just off to the side to sort of get an idea what the season looks like and see where I agree and disagree with the polls, it's, it's a lot more art than science, right? I mean, you're, you're basically trying to, you know, educated guess your way to these rankings. You're taking a little bit of what you see they have, trying to project maybe what the recruiting rankings say. You sprinkle in some of the computer rankings, you know, that, that, that are available uh, publicly and try to see what they, what they have to say. And maybe you even sort of glance at a schedule and think, okay, what, where, where is this team going to be toward the end of the year? And what's the chances of them having a really good year? So I think you throw that all in a pot and most voters, you know, some voters will throw a little more of one thing than another to get there. But I think you throw all those elements in a pot and that's how you end up coming up with a ballot. Ralph Russo, National College football writer, Associated Press. So you said, been doing it 20-plus years. Can you think of a more deserved favorite? Georgia's plus 215 to win a national championship, which is crazy, Ralph. But you think pedigree, uh, they've won it back-to-back. And then you look at the schedule. Can you think of over the last 20 years of a more deserved champion as far as the preseason at plus 215? Well, I would say this. You know, there have been some years here where we saw Alabama look like a pretty heavy favorite, especially I can think back to one of the, you know a couple of years that they were coming off of championships and have returning quarterbacks. Um, that Ohio State team in 2015, uh, I'd be interested to see what their odds were. You know, coming off of the 2014 championship and bringing back Zeke and Bosa and a pretty loaded team that ended up producing, I think, like 13 or 14 NFL draft picks. Um, but I, I think what, what obviously what makes Georgia unique is right. They're three, th- three in a row, or going for three championships in a row. Um, the, they have been recruiting. I think this is a key, though. They've been recruiting at such a high level that they kind of get the Alabama treatment now, and maybe you could even say they've surpassed Alabama in that when you are simply bringing in the number one or two recruiting class every year you just always are going to have another guy. There's just always going to be another player, another future NFL draft pick to replace the ones you miss. And that's where I think then you throw in that schedule. And I think that's where the voters and, and the odds are coming from. It's a really loaded team because you know, they've been recruiting at a ridiculously high level. And then you look at like the one through 12 on the schedule and you think who can beat these guys. Ralph, when you look at the SEC West, who's the greatest threat to Georgia? I am going to stick with Alabama. <laughs> like, I, like, like I, it's hard to say Alabama is getting slighted because to be number four doesn't seem like much of a slight. Um, but, you know, four is the lowest ranking that, uh, Alabama's had since 2009 when it started number five. That was three years into Saban's tenure. Oh, by the way, that year, they won the national championship, so you know, take that for what it's worth. I, I still think Alabama has the depth and preponderance of talent, and not to mention Nick Saban and coaching there. That that's the team I would want to have stack up against Georgia. I understand all the LSU love. I understand that LSU has some prime players at prime positions on both lines, uh, but I wonder. If the depth and development of talent at LSU in only year two under Brian Kelly is maybe being overrated just a little bit. I think because they beat Alabama last year, we seem to have advanced their timetable, sped up the clock on them, and I'm just wondering if they be, maybe they're not com- the complete product yet at LSU. Ralph, let's go to the Pac-12 while we still can. <laughs> USC 16 to one to win a national championship. Lincoln Riley year two, Caleb Williams. We know, will they get enough out of that defense to contend? So I still have my questions about USC. And if somebody came to me and said, okay, here are the top 10 teams. Pick one that, 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 that washes out this year and washes out is a bit of a strong term. But if you look at the top 10 teams, it's hard to pick a team that's going to wash out. That's why they're top 10 teams. But if I was forced, I would say I think the team that is most likely to, to have a hard time reaching expectations is USC. 
I understand what they did in the portal. They brought a lot of good. They brought a lot of interesting talent in on defense. And Caleb Williams is wonderful. He is just fabulous. So the offense is going to score. I think the combination of the turnover margin from last year. I don't know if the turnover fairy shows up two years in a row at minus twenty one at plus twenty one turnover margin. Um, right. I still want to make sure that even though they have new players, that those new players have a sound defense and they tackle. I like. I want to see that happen. So those two things lead me to think some regression might be involved with USC. Uh, that they not wouldn't necessarily be bad but that there is maybe not the very most solid foundation to build on for a number six team in the country and a favorite in the Pac-12. Ralph, we got about 30 seconds. Who wins the ACC? I am going to go with Clemson, which I know is a little bit of a pivot because Florida State's getting a lot of love these days. And you guys can come back to me and, and tell me that I'm wrong or that I changed my mind because I still have to put this down in print. Until I put it down in print, I'm not it's, I'm not locked to it. <laughs> but as of right now, I think I might go with Clemson. Yeah, I think as of right now, I might go with Clemson. I think that they, again, like just I think the new addition of Garrett Riley boosts that offense to where it hasn't been the last couple of years. And Ralph, great questions earlier when you brought up 2015 Ohio State and 2018 Alabama. Preseason, Ohio State in 2015 to win a national championship, plus 250. Alabama in 18, plus 250. This year, Georgia, plus 215, so even shorter. Ralph Russo, great job, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. You brought up those two teams. We should have a discussion about that because those two teams were loaded as well, and you shortened up the number to 215 over at DraftKings on Georgia. Coming up next, Jason Moore, the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, joins. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Brock Green's going to j- hang out with us here in just a bit on Sharp Money, but a good opportunity to let you know. Coming up next Tuesday, August 22nd, legendary sports better Billy Walters. He sat down with Brent Musburger, two legends, for an exclusive interview, and the only place to see it is on VSIN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories, and gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on an event he was playing in. Check out the interview Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VSIN. That's going to be awesome. So will this. Brock Vereen joins us. Big Ten Network. and My man is hustling. Big Ten Network analyst. Of course, the former Minnesota and NFL DB. You can also check out now, Mr. Vereen, on the other pregame show on CBS Sports, you can hear him on Big Ten Radio for SiriusXM. You're hustling, Brock. Nice to see you. Trying, man. I'm uh, newly married, so the first rule of marriage is leave your wife alone, give her all the space she needs before she realizes the mistake she made. So I got to be on the road at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. When did you get married? Congratulations. Thank you. Got married. Uh, ooh, this is off to a bad start. Almost three weeks ago. Almost three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let's start, let's start over. Three, two, one. Congratulations. When did you get married? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, the best day of my life was almost three weeks ago. <laughs> there, that's what I was waiting for, Brock Marine. Uh, let's, let's start here because we got you for two segments and excited to talk to you, uh, not just about the Big Ten. We'll talk about, of course, the NFL as well. Uh, can we talk about the transition? I always find what I find fascinating, Brock, is somebody like you who, once you move from one phase of life into another phase of life, you're so young. That's just that's what an athlete does. They kind of start over so young. Did you always know broadcast was going to be next after your football career? 100%. I was fortunate enough to very luckily land a summer internship between my junior and senior year uh, at Minnesota with NFL Network. And I, I grew up on Stuart Scott. And he was my idol, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. But after that internship, I said, this is exactly what I'm going to do. So I knew when the playing days were over, that's exactly where I was headed. Brock, is it a tough challenge at some point in time? The one great thing about football is it kind of comes to an abrupt end, so you got to move on. You don't have to toil in the minors like so many people do in baseball. But at the same time, 
how difficult is it to come to that realization like, hey, all right, it's probably time to go in a different direction? It was easier for me then than it would be now. You got the XFL, the USFL, and a lot of guys, it's it's going to be harder to move on because there's so many different opportunities than I had. I would say that you have this thinking of, oh, I'm going to have the Kobe Bryant send-off. I'm going to go into my final year knowing it's my final year, and I'm going to cherish every moment. It happens like that for some, but for most people, you wake up one morning and you say, yeah, I've done what I wanted to do, and I'm ready for the next chapter, and that's how it was for me. Brock Farine joins us here, Sharp Money. We'll get into the Big Ten and also talk some NFL with Brock. Let's start with your alma mater in, in Minnesota. P.J. Fleck, has he been, you know, oftentimes a new coach will come in, and whether or not they reach to the past to kind of bring some of the older athletes in to the program, has he been like that as far as a bridge? 1,000%, man. I could call up that program right now and say, hey, can I get 50 sweatshirts? And they would send them without even asking why I would ever need 50 sweatshirts in Los Angeles. They are they are so in tune with what their former players are doing, both guys who are still killing it in the NFL or have moved on to media or to law school or whatever it may be. He, he's done a great job uh, bridging the old and the new. Brock, can you reduce that number to three? <laughs> I got you guys covered. Don't worry. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, we need that. some swag. Yeah, we absolutely. <laughs> I'll rock the listen, I went to Ohio State. I got no shame in my game. I will rock the M for Minnesota. I got no problem with that. I actually thought they got rid of Glenn Mason at the wrong time. I know it was a little bit before your time, but that's another story. Um when you look at the Big Ten right now, let's stay in the Big Ten West a little bit. P.J. Fleck brings in an energy and an enthusiasm to the program. I loved Mohamed Ibrahim at the tailback position. But can this team replace that quality of running back on the offensive side of the ball, what we saw to Tanner Morgan, and continue to take that step forward? Because there's no team that's elite offensively in, in that division. Not at all. And Minnesota's going to take a huge We'll, we'll call it risk right now. We'll call it a leap if it proves itself if, if it proves itself successful. They have a new quarterback, Ethan Kaliak Manis. He's there to do one thing, and it's throw the ball. He, he's he's tall. He's big. He has a cannon for an arm, and I know it defies all logic of anyone who has watched Minnesota football for the past decade or so. They are a go- they're going to be a throw first team. They have a young wide receiver group, but a proven one and an eager one. They have the offensive line. They have the uh, defense to back them up for those early growing pains, which are probably going to be expected, but they're going to be chucking the football in regards to replacing Mo. You can't replace a guy who can carry the ball 40 times a game, have 300 yards and 50 touchdowns. There's, there's only one of those, but what they do have is a stable of backs now, and they haven't had a stable since Mo has been there. So it's going to be new, but there's going to be some fresh faces who are eager and they have the toughest schedule in all of college football, I believe. I don't know what the expectations are going to be with in-house, but I promise you they're going to be fighting every week. Brock Vereen joins us here. Sharp Money out west. The favorites are going to be Wisconsin. Fickle comes in. Curious what you think about the hire and the fit. Luke Fickle there at Madison. And what do you think about the team this year? If you asked me who is going to be in the best position going forward in the West, I would say Wisconsin, without question, because of Luke Fickle. He's a proven guy. He can recruit his tail off. It's a no-brainer. I am shocked how much momentum they are gaining in year one. It takes a lot to completely change the identity of an entire program. I mean, it it doesn't happen often, right? Normally, a school has their identity, what they want to do. They fire a coach or it moves on. They bring in somebody who kind of fits the bill, and that's not the case here. Quite honestly, the most recent example I could think of is Georgia Tech, right? When Paul Johnson stepped down and they got rid of the triple option, and it was ugly. It was was unwatchable because it takes a lot of time to rebrand the entire identity identity of an offense people are riding with wisconsin do i feel they will be good in the future absolutely i feel the west will be theirs to lose from maybe 2025 onward i have a tough time believing that you can just implement an air raid into a team that usually has three or four tight ends on the field at one time Brock, you're a guy that grew up in california went to school in minnesota how much of a difference does it make for a coach like luke fickle 
Born and raised state of Ohio, played at Ohio State, coached at Cincinnati, coached with the Buckeyes. Now he goes to Wisconsin. Does that mean that much from a recruiting standpoint? We talked about Barry Odom at UNLV, doesn't have any West Coast ties, or do we sometimes, from a media perspective, make a larger deal out of it than it truly is? A much larger deal, especially in the past year. I mean, one with NIL, yeah, I'll go play wherever if you're going to set me up financially for the future. And two, I mean... If you go to Oregon, you think you're going to play West Coast ball? Oh, well, I guess we're playing in Rutgers next week, right? It's 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 the nationalization of this, and it's the NIL. It doesn't matter. Quite honestly, I would argue that some of the Wisconsin's and Ohio State's actually get stronger because now they can go into California where they could usually – they could get some of the top guys if they were going to give them a starting spot or if they were a five-star guy. Now they can snag three stars, four stars right under the noses of a USC UCLA because they can say, hey, we understand that you want to stay West Coast. You want to do all this. Well, you can still be a West Coast guy. You can still see your family, but you can come out here to Wisconsin where we send guys to the NFL. So I feel it benefits them tremendously. Brock, I have to ask you, Brock Vereen joining us here on Sharp Money. So growing up in Michigan, I always said I want to move to California because it just seems cool and it also seems very warm and Michigan is cold and damp and gray. You grew up differently. You said, I can't wait to get to Minnesota. Why? <laughs> why, why, why did you attend Minnesota? I just want to know the story. It's so funny. So the Big Ten Network launched my freshman year in in high school. And when I would get out of Saturday practice, out of a Friday game, I would turn on the TV and the first game on would always be that first Big Ten kickoff. So I fell in love with Michigan and Michigan State. I knew immediately if I got a Big Ten offer, that's where I'm going. No questions asked. I, I was committed to Stanford. Let's be honest, tr- sitting your mom down and saying I'm going to decommit from Stanford to go to Minnesota is not an easy conversation, but she knew I meant it. Um, and I also have an uncle, her brother, who lives in Minneapolis. I could walk to his apartment at any time, and I think it just felt like a way to get away from home, do something new while still having family close by. Brock, we appreciate giving up potential billions you might have made with other classmates at Stanford to join us here this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I would have invented Snapchat. Yeah, I, I would have invented oh. it, but it's all right. My my life's going on another path. <laughs> Without a doubt. Brock Vereen, he's going to join us for another segment. Big Ten Network analyst, of course. You can hear him on Big Ten Radio on Sirius XM as well. The other show on CBS for the NFL. When we come back, we'll talk to Brock about the NFL. And I should say, the newly and happily married Brock Vereen continues here on Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's the ring. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. 
Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, as we welcome you back. Great job, Brock Marine. Good job with the big guy in booking. That kid's going to be a star. Really enjoyed talking to him as we say hi. It's Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, the aforementioned. And it's a Wednesday on Sharp Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. That means legend, professional handicapper Scott Spritzer. DocSports.com, DOCSports.com. Check him out at Scott Wins with two T's on Twitter. And he joins us now. Not happy, not happy <laughs> with Becky Hammond. Yeah, not we, happy with the in game adjustments with the Aces. <laughs> not happy overall. Would you like to lament? Well, first of all, I want to say I wasn't called legend on Twitter this morning. I was called a few other names. Um, <laughs> but having said that, and there were some legendary, you know, insults, but I wasn't uh. a legend. But anyway, uh, yeah, we praised her so much last week. And listen, I'm not any less excited about the future of Becky Hammond and what she could possibly do in the NBA. Uh, but boy, that team last night again. And they got clocked by 38 by New York about 10, 11 days ago in New York. So they come home playing for the Commissioner's Cup last night, the Aces. And they're leading by two at the half despite not shooting well. And they got down in the third quarter. They panicked. They abandoned their game plan, and they never got it back. And I think they shot... If I recall correctly, five of 26 from the three-point line, and uh, it was just all downhill after that. So they get another chance tomorrow. Will the mall's money be on it? I'm not sure yet. Will my money be on it? Maybe a first-half play because they've been okay the, the last two games of the first half. It's just after halftime they've collapsed the last two times. I'm going to tell you right now, I would definitively be on the aces. They got beat by 19 last night. They got beat by 38 last time previous to that. Uh, I like this in a double revenge spot here. Still the prohibitive favorite to win the WNBA title. Look, I know, Patrick, a lot of people don't follow the WNBA, but if you've ever followed women's college basketball, so many of these spreads, they can't quantify in terms of betting numbers, and that's why you see some of these lopsided wins. You know, when they were playing last week, uh, Scott, on that Sunday, they were like, the Aces were like plus 24 going into the fourth quarter. I'm like, they're not playing anybody. They get beat right. by almost 40 in that game. I think the WNBA, if you follow it closely enough, it's a really good sport to bet. For people that have been doing it a long time, we've talked about this with Fezzik, you can't get down as much, maybe as much money as you would like to in certain other sports. But, Patrick, still a very profitable option. 100%. We, I don't know if you heard it. I'm sure you didn't. But about an hour ago... I did like a five-minute rant just jocking you, talking about what a great person you were and talking about what a great handicapper you were and, you know, Amal, leaving Nebraska. Me, Dustin, who are you talking about? No, <laughs> you, Spritzer. <laughs> leaving Nebraska as an 18-, 19-year-old for the big city of Las Vegas, which, by the way, was much smaller back then. It doesn't yeah. resemble what it looks like now. Um, I bring it up to say this. Like, it, you're, regardless of vocation, you know, you have to have the right qualities. You have to have the right attributes to succeed, the right temperament. And gambling's no different than becoming a, you know, I don't know, a sports reporter, a teacher, a fireman, whatever it is. Like you have, like those that have the right attributes and the right qualities will thrive. I know I've asked you this question in the past, but new listeners all the time. What would you say lends itself to your sustained success for thirty plus years as far as attributes and qualities? Everyone I know that have been in this, and there's not a whole bunch that have been in this since, let's say, I got into it. I was working behind the scenes at National Sports Services at the age of 22. August 8th, 1989, I got hired by them. And it was about five years later when I landed, five, six years later when I started doing the TV show on USA Network. Um, but the guys that are left from that era, which includes guys like Mark Lawrence, um, you know, Dave Koken, those kind of guys, the one thing they do is put in the time. I mean, there's not a day that goes by if there's games on the schedule where I don't flip the computer on at uh, 10 o'clock at night and jump into those games. And those are the guys who remain. Also, I, I think you got to, you got to talk about the wins and the losses to gain people's trust. And I know a lot of people will say, uh, you know, well, you sell picks, you're a bad guy. They, they've turned the word tout into a bad word, into a negative. And I'm like betting and selling picks is not mutually exclusive. You can do both. 
And so everybody from that era, era that I know that has lasted has done it because of hard work, man. We've taken our lumps. You know, we've had bad runs. I mean, I don't get a salary. They, those guys don't get a salary. So when you win or you lose, you have to be able to pick yourself up. It is really hard if you had a bad day, a bad week, a bad three weeks to sit down at night in front of your computer and say, I'm going to do this all over again and try to beat the spread uh, the next day and beat the books. So it's all about being able to compartmentalize those kind of days and those kind of weeks and just stay busy and, and don't, I mean, it's so, it would be so easy to turn off the lights and go to sleep after you lose or to not wake up early if you're an early morning guy and just say, screw it. I'm going to go lay in the pool or something like that. That's so easy. But if you want to be around for a while, you just got to keep plugging away. And, and I've grown to the point, and I think everybody that I've known who's lasted also, Patrick, grown to that point, I guess, of sports betting maturity or handicapping maturity that you know you're going to take some hits along the way and it still stinks and you still feel like crap at the end of the day. Uh, but you get back on your horse and you got to put that stuff behind you. So if you have the ability to put bad things behind you, not get too hyped on yourself when you go on a nice run and think that all of a sudden you found the secret sauce – uh, that I think that helps a lot. But again, it's all about work. I probably work 355 out of 365 days a year. You know, take off a few days for the All-Star break, maybe a day or two around Christmas when the NBA is not playing or the NFL. That's it. You know, you go on the road, you take a computer with you. And uh, I got to tell you, when it becomes to a point, like for me, I, I took like three or four days off in a row where I didn't even touch the computer during the All-Star break, Major League Baseball All-Star break. I was jonesing for games by night number two. I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, I was on vacation, and I'm still going, I still need to see some lines and some point spreads and all that kind of stuff at the end of the night. So it's got to be part of your – it's a lifestyle. It really is. You know, That's a good way of putting it. I'm sorry, I'll just yeah. to quickly say it's it's a lifestyle. But it's also a unique lifestyle. I, I was discussing, you know, early – gambling internet. We're not talking Twitter. I'm talking 2000, 2001, 2002. You, Mr. Koch and Mr. Lawrence, there are others. Remember, there were plenty of names back then that were prevalent that haven't lasted. And I'm not putting them down. Sure. You're just a name that has lasted Koken and Lawrence. And there's a few others that have kind of, you know, stood the test. A lot of that has to do, Amal and, you know, Scott, if you're a day trader at home and you have a bad day, the one person that's coming down on you is yourself. Part of your job, you have clients. It's not just about losing your own money because you bet your own money as well, but it's also constantly, whether right or wrong, taking, you know, negative hits from people specifically when there's such a relationship with money. People have such unique relationships with money and when they lose it, they can be erratic. And that's yeah. a, that's it's hard to deal, I would imagine, with the personalities and temperaments of others as well. I don't get hit with those as much as I used to. I mean, like losing a big play last night on the uh, on the Aces and the way they lost. You know, you hate seeing a team get blasted uh, when you're on them like they did in the second half. But when you lose those kind of games, it used to, I mean, I would probably get, gosh, 150 rips by trolls 10 years ago on Twitter. And now it's, you know, a handful and I just look at it, and I'm like, you know, there's a whole lot of trolls out there. At least be, at least be original, you know, <laughs> <with> your, <laughs> and, and make me laugh. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you make me laugh, I'm keeping you up there, even if you rip me. But if you're the same old boring, oh, you're you know full of crap and blah blah blah. Yeah, sorry, you're gone. I, you know, it's it's funny. People are always the keyboard warriors, as we like to say. But you know, we talked about this earlier. I said discipline is probably one of the key components sure. of being successful at this. What are some other terms or something you would use to describe to be able to sustain this long-term? You know, staying away from hitting the bars is a good way to do it. Um, you do have the, the big D, discipline, and that includes everything I talked about yeah. in that one word. That's the best word to use. Uh, you got to know when it's time to work. And the guys that I know that came along and maybe had a big run for a couple of years, three, four years, 20 years ago, and then didn't last, it's because they just – you know, it's a grind. Yeah. I had a good friend of mine who was very good in this business. He was excellent. And he was a very good handicapper. He had this like sense of, I mean, the guy could almost tell you when lines were off without even, you know, looking at a game, whatever else. He was really good at what he did. He got beat up one season in football. I'm going to say around 97, 98. And what happened was, is he, he, he just couldn't stomach it anymore. You know, betting his own play still, but couldn't have clients because that's the hard thing too. When you, if I would have lost last night's game and it was just a bet for me and that was it. No problem. You know what? You look at it, you go, hey, it was a great spot. It didn't come through. Move on to tomorrow. When you know right. you've got a bunch of clients on it, you're like, darn it, man. And your stomach yeah. gets upset. You, you get a little headache. You're really feeling bad for them losing the money. 
But I had a, a buddy who actually opened up a tanning salon because he, he just couldn't stomach the handicapping business anymore, the betting business. Still went on and made his own plays, but he doesn't stomach the losses as badly as he did when he, was, when he had a clientele. So I think you have to just be able to get past that. And you know, I can tell you a funny story. I remember it was like, I got married in 2000. I'm going to say it was the following January, 2001, during college basketball season. And guys, I had one of those runs where you find every possible way to lose for about 10 straight days. And I remember there was one game, UCLA, I believe, was playing Missouri, and it was like January of, of, uh, tw- of 2001. And I was getting like four or five points. There's about 10 minutes to go to the game, and I'm up 15. So I'm up 20, 21 mm. points with the spread. I get on my treadmill, and I see that, that, and I'm on a bad losing streak at the time. It had been about a good eight to 10 days. And again, overtimes, double it, whatever, I would lose. I'm on my treadmill, and I'm going, you know, 90 miles an hour on the treadmill, and I got the TV in front of the treadmill in one of my house, uh, one of my rooms in my house, and I'm watching that lead just fall apart. And I know what's coming. I'm in the middle of a funk, and I know what's coming. And that underdog of five is leading by 15 outright with 10 minutes to go. It's a 10-point lead. It's a seven-point lead. Oh, six straight missed free throws. Great. You know, all this kind of stuff. It's a two-point lead. And it went to overtime, and I lost by, like, six or seven. I, I actually remember like hitting a treadmill with my fist and flying off the back end of it into the wall behind me <laughs> is basically what happened. Well, my wife happened to be looking in the room as this was happening and it busted out laughing at me. And then she went downstairs and she doesn't say a word. And I'm just sitting there going, all right, that's gotta be it. Take me to my favorite Japanese place, wife. I'm going to order about a 90 ounce uh, Sapporo <laughs> and about 20 pieces of sashimi and we're going to get rid of this funk i had I, you know i mean that's the way it goes sometimes so i don't get that carried away anymore patrick and guys but it, it's tough sometimes you've got to be able to compartmentalize all that stuff there is nothing that will humble you like getting tossed from a treadmill <laughs> and your wife laughing at you about it to make you realize all right it's not that serious things will turn around Great stuff from Scott Spritzer to start. We continue. Doc Sports and Scott wins. We're back. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.